Welcome to the Property Portfolio Podcast with Mark Stokes and Nigel Green. Every week we inspire and guide you towards success in the world of property development, mentorship and fundraising. Before we jump into today's episode, a reminder to join us at equacademy.co.uk where you can gain free access to hundreds of videos and templates to help you on your property development journey. Hi, and a very warm welcome to the next episode of Property Portfolio Podcast. And today, Nigel and I are going to be talking about the importance of raising finance, uh, private investor finance in your business. So hi, Nigel. How are you doing? Hi, Mark. Yeah, really well. Yeah, really well. Thank you. How's yourself? Yeah, good, good. And this this episode really does gain some momentum from the last episode where we talked about gaining credibility and raising finance through your broker with the bank. Absolutely. Um, but as we all know, raising funding with the bank, the bank aren't going to generally fund everything. So it's how that we can bring in private capital. And that's something that is quite daunting to many people. It is. And it's not to be underestimated the uh, the timings around that as well. I mean, it's it literally the start time is now, isn't it? If you haven't already started. You know, it's like those those per- perfect uh, kind of rotating plates, isn't it? You've got the opportunity to to find new deals, you know, look for opportunity and you know secure them. But at the same time, you need to be working, you know, to to source that private capital because at the moment in time, when you get that yes, course, you, you're going to need to tap into that that good effort that you put in uh, prior to that point. And it's so it's, it's really, really important to uh, get it going. It's You can never start early enough, really, Mark, can you? No, you can't. And it's probably the first question that we, we get asked when we're working with our mentees as to what comes first. Is it the deal or is it the funding? And the reality is you've got those two pipelines, as you rightly said, and you have to make a start on finding the deal and finding the funding right at that earliest opportunity. So 100%. Um, and as you as you do that navel gazing into your strategy, uh, it's important to gain the clarity of that strategy. Um, and before you start looking for investors and banks and things, you truly need to understand. We call it knowing your economic equation, understanding what works for you. Because the most important person at the start is you, because nobody else exists. The bank don't exist. The deal doesn't exist private investors don't exist. So you have to be number one. Why are you doing it? What is your structure? Um, And that is really fundamental. And I think a lot of people miss that. They just dive into a great deal because, dive into a strategy because. Yeah, absolutely. And it's you have to watch the old shiny penny syndrome, don't you, as well with that. You know, it's got to be, as you say, Mark, it's got to be absolutely, you know, right for you. And, you know, in, in terms of private capital, there's, there's a number of components that need to be considered, um, you know, which we'll go through quite a few, you know, during this uh, this podcast today. But, you know, it's just just making sure also that you're you're asking for the right amount of private capital. We, we know the the senior debt in the bank will take you so far, as you mentioned, Mark. Um, you know, and the difference up to 100% of cost you could say is private capital. Well, there is another slug that you possibly need on top of that, and that's. That's to do with that cycling and all those sort of things, but um, you know you, we can we can work through that at a, on another podcast. But yeah, it's just making sure that private capital number is correct and it's very clear exactly what you you want. You know, in in terms of that enormity, because it's 
it's a lot easier to raise it now than going back and saying, can I have some more, please? You know, I don't think that really would uh, create the impression that uh, anybody wants having to go back and ask for some more. No, exactly. And that's purpose-built and embedded in the ECWA IDA to make sure, as you say, that we're looking for exactly the right amount of capital, got the the working capital, the sunk costs, the uh, uh, the holding costs all, all structured uh, properly. And I think we're back to that S word again, aren't we? You know, the importance of structure, 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 knowing what your structure is before you project that um, through to to investors. Um, compliance sits right at the heart of that structure. Is it compliant to FCA 13.3? Is your whole system and process of onboarding there very clear for you to understand and documented, um, possibly getting third-party verification? I mean, we run all of our investments through a solicitor. Um, but also that that classic phrase, walk a mile in another person's shoes, um, we have to understand who the potential investors might be and what the investment vehicle might look like from a compliance perspective. If we look at some of the popular investment structures, the, the investors may, whilst there'll be an individual sat behind all of these relationships, um, the investing vehicle could be personal funds. It could be an LLP. It could be a limited company. Uh, it could be a, a SAS pension. Um, and they're probably the four that we see. There are many others, of course, but they're probably the four. And each one of those has a, a slightly different impact on structuring, on compliance. And um, I mean, particularly with with SaaS, you know, that's that's really important um, to understand. So, making sure you understand what your potential a target investor uh, structure looks like, and whether your investment is. Uh, is compliant for them. Um, one of the biggest PR disasters you could have is if one of your investors uh, invested in a non-compliant way and got a, an HMRC penalty charge. Absolutely. You know, so I think the message there, Mark, is, you know, just run it by by the professional team, you know, your, your specialists, your accountant, your tax advisors, et cetera. Um, you know, I, th- I think also be very cautious around... Um, Investors loaning in on personal funds as well, so their their own personal capital, because you know HMRC the rules are changing as we know quite frequently, and it's really important to to keep up to speed on on how let's say you return the interest. You know if it's personal funds, maybe you have to deduct um, tax from those interests. You know, and and there could be potential charges if you don't. You know, so it's just making sure that your accountant, uh, you know, and your professional team around you are fully appraised in terms of the investment coming in and the source of that investment just to make sure that compliance at every level is in place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and be very transparent with the investors. I mean, it's uh, managing expectations as well. If you're, uh, if you're having to deduct a tax on interest paid, um, and the investor's not expecting that, then are you meddling with their tax affairs? And that can create some some substantial friction. Um, so making sure that's um, discussed right at the front end. And uh, you know, one of the one of the tips that 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 we have and and, and use, and I know many of our mentees uh, do this as well, is have a specialist solicitor who helps onboarding 
um, the private capital at the front end. Imagine you've created relationships over many months, in some cases many years, with, with a private investor. The private investor is bringing funds, has pledged, let's let's say, £50,000, and then you have to ask them for anti-money laundering and KYC. So prove to us that the money came from a secure and bona fide source and prove to us you are who you are. Um, well, you can take that emotion out of the equation. I mean, do we really want to see a bank statement or an accountant's letter or a share transaction? Um, not particularly, but the process does. And everybody trusts a solicitor, so we get the solicitor to ask that question. It just takes the heat out of the equation, and then I'm not receiving uh, private investors' bank statements um, and things like that. So, again, it creates that professionalism and, and formality. And it that's does. that's the P, isn't it, process in the uh, promise model? Yeah, it's first one. And, um, you know, we, we use Tim, don't we, who does all of our – investor onboarding and you know he's he's receiving you know funds in from you know personal capital company funds from SAS and so on and so forth and I, th- I think even back in the day when we started all of that that um it you know he went through a, a kind of a micro learning curve as well so now he's fully appraised with um you know all aspects of, of money coming in and as you say Mark it it, it takes it away from us asking those awkward questions. It's now a solicitor just asking for confirmation of this, that, and the other. And um, it, the, the process just works so, so well, doesn't it? You know, we have one one solicitor that deals with uh, the property purchase, uh, the property conveyancing matters, and we have another one that deals with the onboarding of the private capital. And it's just it's just a very seamless process. Those, those two solicitors just happen to work at the same practice and there's the 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 virtual glass wall between uh, which works really well um but yeah it's it's just a and it's now our process isn't it and it's you know somebody else comes on board and we just get tim to interact with them directly and away we go again so yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really good uh, approach and we we keep mentioning process and process is so important what we're creating here and you need to create anybody who's looking to raise private capital work with private investors you need to create an audit trail for fca 13.3 for many other reasons um, you are looking to work with probably um, self-certified sophisticated investors or high net worth individuals And there is an order and a sequence of events in which you are allowed and only allowed to share certain information. Um, So, for instance, if you go onto our website, uh, equaacademy.co.uk, and if you try to log into the investor portal, as well as your name, rank and serial number information, um, you will also need to read and certify whether you are a high net worth individual or self, uh, self-certified um, sophisticated investor. Um, so that's the start of the audit trail. And then you can look at maybe what, um, what investment memorandum are available. Um, so it's that type of sequencing where you might pledge an interest and then have a conversation with me. So that there is a process there, but it's only once we've had that initial engagement Um, can you then start to receive information? We've got to do this in a socially responsible way and in a compliant way, and and you should too. Every um, 
we mentioned earlier on that every investor is is a person. They may not be investing through a personal entity. It could be through uh, an, another legal entity, a limited company, uh, or a SaaS are probably the two most uh, common. But every investor has a different level of requirements. They have a different risk appetite. They'll have different experiences. Very often, I'll be talking to potential investors um, and they will talk very candidly about some of the experiences they've had before. Some of the good experiences, quite often, and I would say people talk about the not-so-pleasant experiences more than the pleasant experiences, just the way human nature is. Um, They've probably lost money before. It could be property investing in Bulgaria or... uh, uh, or it could be um, uh, lost money on a, another property development. So understanding what their concerns are, what their experiences are, and that's why we were born with two ears and one mouth. You know, it's really leading with uh, with listening, immersing yourself in that experience. And, and Nigel, you, you know, it's been a passion of mine working with um, working with fellow members of the human race because they're not investors when you first meet them. They're not potential investors. They're people who you create a connection with and gain a relationship. If you go out there with a sniper's rifle, putting a pound note on somebody's forehead, yeah, it's not a pretty, it's not a pretty way to live your life. Um, and what's more, you'll probably miss opportunities to create value elsewhere as well. We've got some great joint venture relationships with people who are not private investors, never going to be. But had I gone into that relationship thinking it's all about the money, we'd have missed the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, with our our mentorship programme, Mark, we, you know, we have that, that question posed to us quite a bit, you know, you know, Nigel Mark, we're starting out. How can I? How can I be raising private capital at this point? Because I haven't got the deal yet. But, but it's not about necessarily raising the private capital. It's about getting to know people. It's you know, if you if you bowl into a room um, with your you know your shoulders back and saying right, you know what you got in your bank account, that's going to go nowhere, is it, Mark? You know, it's all about just getting to know people and, and kind of understanding where their values are as well. And you know, we 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 absolutely one hundred percent align with people with the same values as ourselves, uh, which is massively important. And it just takes time, doesn't it? It takes time to to kind of work that through and uh, get an understanding, get to know people. You know, this it's a people business that we're in, and the the primary objective here is just to get to know people, and and that that's it. And you know, we. Well, you've you you tell some great stories, you know, about the, you know, people that you've you probably met four, five, six years ago, but just kind of as people, you know, and got to know them as friends, and all of a sudden they became investors, and there was that was never the intention in the outset. So it just just does show you that you know that making those connections and networking and getting to know people as 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 more than just a, a face in the crowd is hugely important from a, a raising private capital perspective. Yeah. 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 If you go into those conversations thinking, what can I take from a relationship? It's probably doomed to failure from from the start. And it's not very enjoyable. But if you go into a relationship thinking, okay, I'm I'm really intrigued here. And I'm really intrigued. I want to understand, fascinated by how this investor or potential investor built their business. Mm. And because if they've got funds, they've got funds from 
some level of success somewhere in their life. And that you get some absolutely fascinating stories, but nobody knows everything. Uh, and quite often I'm, I might go to a meeting and um, if it's a second or third meeting, I might take along a copy of, of our SAS pension book because mm. um, that might be something the uh, the high net worth uh, investor would be interested in but probably isn't aware. Let's face it, Nigel, I mean, you and I are high net worth individuals, but six years ago, seven years ago, we didn't know what a SAS was. No, no, not um, at all. And it's just experiencing what other people have experienced. And you know, I, I remember, Mark, you know, it's probably about six years ago now, we we met a, a couple of individuals, obviously mentioned no name here, but um, there, were, there were significant individuals, had very successful businesses, um, you know, from the financial uh, industry as well. And um, and at the time we were building the Equa IDA model, weren't we? And, you know, which is our, our platform, you know, that, that goes from front to back of any analysis of any deal, you know, works out all the all the natural cash flows and, and what have you. And and you know, the way that we could improve that, well, we, we could certainly improve it to our own knowledge base, you know, having that 30 odd years behind us in business, et cetera. But but we wanted to take it further and therefore the opportunity to speak to numerous people, you know, six years, even, even today, even today when they can offer up a, you know, have you thought about maybe putting this little bit of analytics, you know, on your Equa IDA was just absolutely pivotal in the development of that, our, our analysis, you know, and it's, as you say, it's, it's ears wide open, isn't it? You've got to, you've got to listen to what people want and what they tap into. And that that individual, um, you know, su- suggested something. Uh, I think it was the, um, you know, it was the waterfall diagram that we put into the Equa IDA there. And um, and upon receipt of the IDA with a, an actual deal built into it a bit further down the line, he said, "Oh my, my goodness, you, yeah, you, that's that's what I, I remember. We had that conversation. That's what I." suggested you put in and you actually took on board what I said. said, absolutely, absolutely we did. And um, and that person actually became an investor. So it, it just absolutely shows you it's really, really important to be humble and just listen, just listen to what people want and need out there and uh, respond accordingly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that listening quite often is face-to-face. Have to have to be honest. That's why we do a lot of steps, Nigel, because it takes a lot to wear off all the lattes, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. In fact, somebody said if you switch to green tea every morning, you'll lose eighty percent of the enjoyment in your life. <laughs> that was quite funny. Um, anyway, so I think there are three, uh, an order of events here. And the three ways of of building trust. And if you've got your pen with you, just scribble these down. First of all, you need to create and that real indentured trust, personal trust. Um, You need to gain that personal trust of of, of anybody who's likely to be a a private investor. So it starts with personal trust. Um, Secondly, the trust in the business, the credibility in your business model. Now, that doesn't mean your business has to have a significant track record. It's very helpful if it does. But investors invest in startups. Um, It just means there's a greater weight of credibility on the individual or a greater credibility on the business plan or on the prior track record. Just depends on the the state, whether you're in startup, maturing or, or mature phase. 
Um, and so second is is the the business. Um, and thirdly is the detail of the specific investment, um, the structure, the model. And that's where your investment memorandum comes in. So personal personal trust comes with interaction repeatedly. Um, and investors will do background research. Yes. So everything that you put on social media has an indelible ink. It, you know, it's a tattoo. It's a it's a background which you can't remove. People can screenshot things. Um, you know, you can't you can't fake who you are. Um, you know, that just it just oozes out of every pore and just how you explain things uh, and the manner that you you hold yourself. Um, so it starts with that. Um, from a business perspective, building some collateral your website, your brochure, your company brochure, um, any profiles, um, social media, that sort of thing. So marketing. And we're going to spend a lot of time with our mentees over the next 12 months as a, a real marketing program, working with them to help them. So we've got some extra support there for our mentees because that marketing is so important. Yeah. And then thirdly, the process by which you then share the actual investment uh, proposition um, in a compliant manner um, with your potential investors. Um, so that's really key to take it in those three levels. But of course, if you haven't spent time with your investors, you don't know what's important to them, what's important to them in their life. Um, we work with uh, individuals who want to invest, company who want to invest, retain profits, and SaaS trustees who want to invest uh, SaaS, um, SaaS funds. And they all want something different. And you have to give them that time and respect and some of the options available to, to, to understand exactly what is appropriate for them, what they want. I mean, a very, very simple um, two options could be debt and equity. Mm. Does an investor want to invest in debt or in in equity or, or profit share? Well, the two are very different. There's a massive uh, difference in risk profile between the two. Um, but it comes back to what is your economic equation? Nigel, we've seen before, and the Equor IDA does it great because you built in the functionality of switching between debt and equity. If your strategy is a buy, develop, and hold, it's probably not going to be um, helpful to bring in equity. It's probably going to be more a debt-based model, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it, you know, and I think also the you know the presentation you you mentioned earlier there, Mark, of um, you know how how you portray your experience um, and. And I think there's there's a really good point here. We're working with just just recently we've been working with two of our, our mentees on the Equi Mentorship Program, and they're they're actually doing a joint venture, which is wonderful to see. And um, they've um, you know we had a call with them just to talk about the raising private capital piece, and it, it came out in the conversation. Yeah, but this is our first one, and when we actually drill down into you know the track record and the history of each of them, I think this was. You know, I think one person had a portfolio of, of properties, um, you know, into the the multiple figures, you know, that sort of thing. I think it was 13, 14 properties this person had got. And the other person had got a couple of properties as well. So, 
So what the joint venture was actually, when you add A and B together, let's say 13 and 2, that's 15 properties that they developed over a period of time. This project was actually Project 16. And what Project 16 was, was a almost like a, a hyperdrive acceleration into building a portfolio in one go. So, so from being, well, this is our first one, to actually being, you know, this, this is actually, we've, you know, we've got a portfolio between us uh, out there already. You know, what we're looking to do is accelerate the growth of that, that portfolio to take into, the, into account all the benefits of, of quantum as well. So you get a discount because you're doing it all at one time. You know, you're doing it in a, you know, can get it all done in kind of 12 to 18 months, you know, a, a significant increase in size. And it was it was almost the turning point, wasn't it? To say, actually, this is, you know, this is, it may be, you know, the 16th project, but it's actually going to take the portfolio up to another 20 units all in one go. So it's yeah. just developing the portfolio again to another level. So it's just, it's, this is not about gilding the lily in any way, shape or form. But this is all about understanding what, what you've got behind you and then portraying it in a very plausible way, you know, to an investor uh, so they can fully understand what you're trying to achieve by this this next particular deal. You're, you're so, so right there, Nigel. Um, so many people underplay the experience that they've got. And in that particular case, you know, well, those other 15 are just simple buy-to-lets or HMOs. This is the first development I've done. But the the story, you know, to do 15 buy-to-lets, I mean, that's that's pretty impressive, isn't it? It might have taken somebody 10 or 15 years. Yeah. Um, but the story behind that is I built my portfolio of 15 buy-to-lets, and I did that using my own cash. I didn't feel comfortable at that time risking somebody else's money, so I risked my own money, and I proved that model work. Now that I've got to this significant level of success, I've proved the model and I'm now comfortable to go into phase two, which is the growth phase. I think investors really would respect that. And you're not necessarily looking for endorsement from investors. Your model is your model. Very few people want to call somebody else's baby ugly. They're not going to criticize your specific investment. They'll just say, well, it's it's not right for me on this occasion, but let's keep in contact. And that classic would be not letting the tail wag the dog. You know, are you going for debt or are you looking to raise equity? Your first in, in, investor that shows an interest might be looking at equity. Have you got that temptation to move? Okay, well, well, actually, I'll change it from debt to equity. Are you compromising your principles? So that great phrase, know thyself, you've got to understand what your economic equation is um, so that you are robust and clear. And, and I suppose it's the power to say no, isn't it? You know, if it doesn't work, well, that's fine. You're not falling out with somebody. It's, on this occasion, it doesn't look as though this one's appropriate. Um, but maybe we'll keep channels open and, and communicate in the future and see what's available. So it's about that creating shared value there. Um, there are multiple layers of interest um, uh, that people are looking for. They're looking for that creation of shared value, and it's not just in a profit share or in uh, in terms of interest. They could be multiple returns uh, on investment. Um, first of all, obviously, you want your capital back, and then you want the return on the investment as well. But we find 
different levels of return. A lot of people come to us. Our Equa Earn and Learn program is is absolutely jam packed. You know, with with value. There's learning. There's courses. There's mentorship there. All as that added value for our investors. And if you're interested in things like that, just pop along to equaacademy.co.uk. Um, but that recognises that for some investors, um, they do want an economic return, absolutely, but they also want other levels of return. Could could Nigel and I mentor them for a period of time? Could they attend one of our courses? And these sort of things can be available as an offset or on a complementary basis. Um, but there's something we can structure to help people meet the people they need, build them the confidence levels, um, uh, investors might have funds available for a couple of years until they gain confidence to do a development themselves. And that's a wonderful place to be when you see a, an investor transition from being the investor to being a developer. Um, so there are many different scenarios there. So I, th- I think the moral of the story here, Nigel, is, is playing the long game. Playing the long game, building relationships. And you know what? If you've built relationships with great people, you enjoy their company, and you never do anything in business, they just become great friends. That's not a bad outcome, is it? In fact, that's probably the most important outcome. Enjoying life, enjoying great people, but engaging with really inspirational people who can help grow your business and you can help them as well. That truly is the creation of shared value. It is. It is, absolutely. And as long as you like coffee, it's great. (laughs) (laughs) Great stuff. So that's a very different take. That's our take on raising private finance. We've raised in excess of 28 million of private capital over the last five or six years since we left corporate life. We know this works, but you've got to do it in your own way. And if you would like us to help you, then again, just drop us a a direct message. More than happy to to help people. That's what we do. We've been mentoring people since 1997, Nigel. Long time, long time. We really do enjoy that. So thanks again, Nigel. And hopefully you've enjoyed this very special episode of Property Portfolio Podcast. We've done a real deep dive and a different take on raising private finance for your business aspirations. Have a great day, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Property Portfolio Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode and that it inspired you on the next leg of your journey. If you've got any questions or comments, why not reach out to us at our Facebook page, Equa Academy. Also, don't forget to register for free access to hundreds of property development videos and templates over at equacademy.co.uk and we'll see you in next week's episode. Thank you.